This podcast provides information to help esports professionals identify and approach legal problems. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. Legal information is not the same as legal advice, which is an application of law to a party's specific set of circumstances. You should not and are not authorized to use this podcast as a source of legal advice. And the information in this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between the Law of Esports podcast, any of the lawyers or affiliates of the podcast, and any consumer of this podcast. Welcome to the Law of Esports podcast, the number one podcast that discusses legal issues as they relate to the world of esports. My name is Jake Hicks, and I represent teams, leagues, and organizations. And my name is Nefi Lopez, and I represent players, streamers, and personalities. And today we have an amazing episode for you. It's a little bit different episode than what we usually do. There's not going to be much legal analysis in this episode, uh, but instead we're going to give you an update as to what we've been up to, the way we've been really enjoying the world of esports over the past few weeks, and some really cool developments in the works for the future of the podcast. And we're also bringing this to you with a new podcast software that we're really excited about. We're testing it out for this episode as well. So we wanted to make this more of an update episode. And that way, if we have any issues, it's a little bit easier for us to re-record without going through all the legal analysis and checking ourselves over and over again, as we tend to obsessively do whenever we have a more analytical episode. Yeah, so it, this is going to be a little different. This is basically going to be a podcast version of a VOD, right? We're gonna we're gonna sort of give you an audio uh, description of the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been a, it's been a great time. So, uh, wow, where do we begin? The last couple of let's weeks, let's begin with the optic major. It's been oh. wild, man. The fact that we were there, it's been so awesome. It's been great, and you know we we fortunately have. Uh, been lucky enough to have been invited over by Team Envy um, that happens to to be a part of, or the other way around, Optic happens to be a part of Team Envy. Um, we were invited uh, to attend the Optic Major. So Jake, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so we attended the Optic Major, which at this point was um, you know a few weeks ago, but uh, we've been talking to Team Envy and Team Optic really for a long time, but we really haven't been in front of them in person since COVID. I mean, either of us, either you on the player side or me on the team side. Uh, and there's been some turnover within that industry. There's also been a merger between Optic and Envy, and we haven't really gotten to speak with any of those executives or anyone since um, really since COVID kind of began. And so I have to give a big shout out. Nephi joined me in shouting out Mr. Trent Knox. Um, he is an esports professional. He is uh, an outstanding individual. He runs the Esports Business Network podcast, EBN. We've actually been featured on that before as esports lawyers. Um, but he was also considering going. He couldn't make it uh, last minute. But um, yeah, so he also helped us get in with the right people that are doing event management over there because that stadium was recently acquired by Team Envy. They have a whole new event management group that is exceptionally talented that we had not met yet. And so uh, he helped us get in contact with those individuals who are also incredible. Um, Kobe Carter, Justin Rojas, the president and COO of Envy, Mr. Jeff Moore, all, all really cool people that we got to hang out with and meet and talk to. But uh, Trent Knox, thank you very much, man. If you guys have an opportunity, 
please, please, please go check out the eSports Business Network podcast, EBN. You can just type that into Spotify and um, give a listen because he has really cool episodes, including this one that features um, Jake and Nephi or Nephi and Jake. <laughs> Best you episode. Want to listen opinion. to that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we could we could have gone in a lot longer, but but absolutely, Jake. I'm going to echo what you're saying. Huge shout out to Trent for being such um, such a great resource, um, you know, and and for uh, making that connection. And uh, and along with listening to him, go follow him on all social media accounts: Instagram, um, you know, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, you know, the Esport Business Network. Uh, so enough talking about Trent, uh, you know, we've, we, we give credit where credit is due and Trent, you're the man. So shout out to you. Um, and you know, with that being said though, um, how exciting it was to be a part of the very first call of duty league major of the season, uh, oh since, gosh, yeah. since COVID started really, I mean, it's been a couple of years since an event like this has been hosted. Um, and it just so happened to be that optic Texas, that is, uh, stationed in, in Dallas, Texas, happened to be the very first organization to host a home tournament. And man, was it wild. I mean, the the the, the organization itself did such a fantastic job in planning this event, um, the, the way it came together, the amount of of planning that went into it. I can only imagine how, how difficult it was to have such a large tournament go so smoothly. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, there was also I mean, they also were able to maintain the COVID bubble for players. But outside of that, for the spectators, you had to wear masks inside. But other than that, I mean, they played by the rules and created an outstanding event, because if you uh, I know, Nephi, I know, you know, this man, but uh, for everyone else listening, uh, I mean, the CDL had a kickoff event at that same stadium six weeks ago or six weeks prior to this one. But it was much more restricted, where pretty much the entire thing was a bubble. And so you didn't have a crowd there. There wasn't much crowd noise. Uh, I think the casters, I think they appeared like virtually on green screen again, like they did at Champs last year. And it was kind of weird. So the kickoff event wasn't nearly as cool. This was, I mean, you know, 2000 people. They probably could have fit another 500 in there if they really um, if they really wanted to. Uh, then it didn't for a few reasons we're going to talk about in terms of the seating uh, structure, but um, man, and, and the, the professionals they have over there again, uh, Justin Rojas as their VP of events. And then Jeff Moore, the president and COO who not only put on an outstanding event uh, for the major one winners in optic Texas, but also the rest of the CDL uh, there were people lined up out the door and hours before the doors open every day, and the other cool thing is that Jeff was able to sit and talk with Nephi and I for uh, it was supposed to be for about 15 to 30 minutes and it ended up being about th- three hours, three hours the first <laughs> um, night. I mean, he, he essentially took yeah. us under his wing for the, the entirety of the event. I mean, the guy was just such a fantastic host and, um, you know, and obviously with somebody like that, that's handling such a large event. Uh, not only is he extremely busy and, you know, he's got other people to take care of. Um, you know, he was very, very uh, welcoming to us. And, you know, we and, and we saw him enough to where, you know, he would he was clearly talking to some very important people 
uh, throughout the event, ensuring that all the players are doing what they're supposed to be doing, making sure just things are going smoothly. Um, and then, you know, he would come in and kind of hang out with us a little bit, which was uh, a little mind blowing for us. Cause you know, we know how much planning and the logistical nightmare that it is to have a massive tournament uh, during a pandemic. And, you know, we're just our hats off to him. And, you know, along with Jeff, obviously he's got a fantastic supporting cast uh, like Justin, who, you know, we met for the first time that weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him along with Jeff was also, you know, for how busy he was, you know, whenever he saw us, he took the time, he spoke to us, you know, we were able to put, uh, get some, get some quick questions in. Um, And I mean, the guy. And, 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 well, I was going to say, and don't forget, uh, you know, they just acquired that stadium from the city of Arlington, which was a big capital expenditure. They had to raise money to do. So they also had investors there where they were showing off the product of their investment. And so Jeff would talk to us, then talk to some of their investors, talk to some other executives and um, high ranking esports individuals. And it was really cool. I think, um, you know, I think for the first time in our careers to be put in that same echelon. Right. I feel like we've been going after this for years and to be put in that same group was really, really cool. And it was really only because of the professionalism of the individuals that were running that event. Right. Right. Um, and including Jeff and Justin, everybody. And, and to be fair, we've, we're typically involved in communication with these people, but we're usually sort of in the background working um, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, it, it was yeah. sort of a unique experience for Jake and myself because, you know, we, we exchange emails, you know, we, we have business conversations, discussions, you know, either on the phone and, and it's never to come in and enjoy an event like we were able to do this weekend. You know, this was really, uh, not so much work, but more pleasure. Uh, the fact that we were invited, we were not going to pass up on the offer. We came in. And I mean, it was just, it was such a great event. So for those of you guys that don't know, this event was held at the eSports Stadium in Arlington, Texas, which is a a small town right outside of Dallas. I mean, it's basically Dallas. Um, And it's- Well, and and the city of Arlington is also where the Dallas Cowboys have their stadium. Right. It's also where the Texas Rangers have their stadium. It's all walking distance. Yeah, it's a big professional stadium park and the city of Arlington contributed to each one of those stadiums. Right. So the city of Arlington was convinced at some point to build an esports stadium. And I think it's the it's the biggest stadium that's solely dedicated to esports in North America. Yeah. Um, it's also one of the nicest esports facilities in North America. Yeah. I mean, top top of the line equipment um, made it very, very easy and enjoyable to uh, be there and, and be able to watch the event. And so, and, and this particular uh, tournament was uh, the optic major was what, four days. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Um, And I mean, it's just, you could tell that people were very excited to be there. I remember the first day, Jake and I, unfortunately were not able to make it on Thursday, but whenever we did go, um, when when was our first day? Was it, was it Friday or was it Saturday? Uh, First day was Friday night. So we got to, we got there Friday in the last like couple of matches for the night. Cause they played, they had played until about 10 PM. Yeah. Uh, so we got there in the last couple of matches and it was still, it was awesome. Uh, it was pretty packed, but again, you know, Saturday, first of all, you had Saturday, which is the day that most people could probably go if they were going for one day, but then you also had optic versus phase matching up on Saturday, which by the grace of the call of duty gods happened again on Sunday. 
And that atmosphere, Rambo Ray said in the Optic podcast, it was the most electric atmosphere he's ever felt crowd-wise at a Call of Duty event. And I've been watching Call of Duty for a long, long time. And I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. It was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. Dude, it was, and it was crazy. I mean, it, we, we had people coming in from all over the country. Thursday and Friday, there was a lot of people there, but, you know, obviously provided the schedule that people work. Um, and then the fact that Optic and FaZe were not going to play against each other until Saturday. Saturday and Sunday really were like the main days of the tournament. I'm not saying that the other two days weren't exciting, just we saw a massive influx of people that came in from out of town and finally flew in on Friday and were able to go on Saturday. I mean, Jake and I got up early in the morning. We stayed at the hotel right across the street, literally walking distance. And we showed up to the stadium, you know, what was it like an hour before it formally opened to everybody. And there was just a line around the entire building with people just, I mean, extremely excited to be there. And I mean, it was such a breath of fresh air uh, because, you know, it's been so many years since an event like this has been held and, and, and really to see that the, you know, the, that the excitement and the hype didn't really fade. As a matter of fact, it sort of built up to this particular event. And I mean, we, we, you know, fortunately we're able to get there. We were um, treated uh, especially, you know, we were considered invited guests and, and media. So we didn't have to wait in the long line, fortunately, like everybody else. Um, we we're also kind of uh, kind of VIPs. Uh, in a way, yeah. Uh, are you? Are we gonna post the video of this? Uh, p- possibly. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna show. In, in case right, we so do, we, you get lanyards at these events, and they're always kind of cool. Um, we have a couple of them from, I guess, years and years ago. But uh, so you have one. We have one that says "invited guests." I guess my light's too bright. Yeah. So we have one that says "invited guests," and then we have this little guy that's metal. You can probably, uh, hopefully, hear that. Um, for VIPs. And these are just like, I mean, this is the level of thought and detail that went into this is even the lanyards they give you all say something special. They all are, I mean, the VIP ones are metal. They have bronze ones for players and other like team owners and stuff that they would give away at the event in between matches and stuff. And it was just, it's so cool to get stuff like this um, that's specific to the event and it's not just some piece of merch that you can buy, which is also cool, I guess. But it was, I mean, every little detail was thought of to make this a really cool in-person experience. Right, right. And so, um, you know, I'm sure you guys are asking. So there there, there were essentially four tiers of people that came to this event, right? It was general admission, which, you know, they had day passes. Oh, four, four tiers of tickets you could buy. Right. Well, t- technically yeah. three that you could buy and one that you can't really buy since one of them is for like family and, and friends. And right, right, right. Creators. And so the main one was obviously general admission. You can buy either single single day tickets or the full weekend. Uh, extremely affordable, by the way. And, and just my my want to tip my hat to the guys at Optic for, for working so hard to not just plan a great event, but make it extremely affordable and accessible to anybody that wanted to go. Regardless of age, regardless of, of income. Um, this was an extremely affordable event to go to and it was worth every single penny. So you had general mission. And then if you wanted to level it up a little bit, uh, you can go what they call like the weekend reserve or the reserve seating, which is not quite VIP, but you had assigned seating. And so um, you would pay just a few, a couple of dollars more. You get to select your seat for the whole weekend. You don't have to, you know, kind of duke it out, get there early to get the best seats. And then you had VIP, which was at the very front. Now, um, along with getting a VIP 
uh, seating, which is the very front, close to the players, close to the stage. You also got that really, really sweet uh, metal badge that uh, Jake was just showing us a few minutes ago. Um, and then lastly, the, the 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 other tier, which is invited guests, which was Jake and myself. Um, and then uh, the invited guests were for uh, media, uh, which, you know, is not necessarily a ton. Um, you know, there's a very small group of media members that, that, that at least Jake and I noticed. And then obviously friends and family. So friends and family of the players um, along well, with invited other- guests also, yeah, I must say invited guests also included content creators. Content creators, that were absolutely, absolutely. And there were and there were a lot of guys and girls that came in from their respective organizations, like Hunter Thieves, uh, Phase, Optic, obviously. Uh, I mean, the Mutineers. Mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of guys and girls from around the country came to support their teammates, um, and they were sort of off to the side and towards the front and middle. Um, you know, sort of kind of a little bit away. Uh, separated from everybody else, but still accessible. I mean, you can literally sit next to them and, and they'd be within arm's reach um, if you wanted. Um, I mean, it was just, it's it was a, a very, very unique way of organizing a room. And um, well, and, and from the event management perspective, uh, so we know, so tickets are available right now for sale. Um, we're recording this on March 16th. Um, tickets are available for sale for the, for major two, for the Minnesota rocker at the Mystic Lake Casino outside of Minnesota and they don't have a tiered seating structure. They're just doing all, all general admission. And then if you're media or a player, then obviously you get a little bit different credentials. Um, and so, you know, we interviewed Jeff for a little bit and we have audio of that. Uh, and we're, I'm looking at Nephi because uh, as our tech guru, we have to figure out if we can utilize that audio or yeah. if there's too much um, ambient noise and we're trying to figure that out or if we have to re-interview Jeff again. But um, in discussing that in event management, it was really important for them <clears throat> to create a value proposition and having these events over and over again. And one of the ways they could do that is by selling these tiered tickets. And if you make someone a VIP, they want to feel a little bit special, especially if they're paying you know, three times the price of a general admission ticket. Um, and so like, yeah, I thought it was a really cool way of doing it. The VIP, then the reserve seating, and then kind of general admission. Um, because it does give a value proposition to kind of each level of seat. Right. And it's a really cool way to organize the event. And again, I think it was a great way to showcase how you can utilize esports for in-person events and the fear that since COVID, that esports has been relegated to being merely an online presence and it's been quote unquote proven it can survive just online is complete nonsense. And that in-person events are important. There's a unique value proposition there. And there's also a little bit of importance in being able to run and control your own uh, venue. And as of right now, Envy is the only one that really has one, especially in the Call of Duty scene. But that's also probably going to be another episode is venue acquisition and use. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but I thought it was really cool because, you know, the rocker are just doing all general admission. Right. So and, and most, we'll see how it goes. Most people, whenever they host these tournaments, and that, that was another unique thing that Jake and I realized or noticed was that uh, Optic was very clever and very smart in the way that they did this tiered system. For those of you guys that don't understand, mm-hmm. the way they have it organized is basically like an airplane, right? Whenever you're going and you're flying somewhere, you have the option of either going first class, getting the business preferred, right? Where you're sitting towards the front, not the, not first class front, but you're sitting towards the front, you have a little more leg space. And then, you know, you've got just general cabin 
uh, also known as um, what, what do they call it? Just coach, basically. economy coach. Yeah, yeah, whatever. economy. Um, and that's it was it was it was literally almost like you're in a giant airplane. Uh, VIPs mm-hmm. are seated are seated towards the front. Um, they get their cool badges. They get towards the front of the plane. They're one of the first ones that get in. Um, if you had a VIP pass, you also got early admission to the stadium, which makes a huge difference. If you want to get in there, you want to buy your optic jerseys, which sold out immediately. Um, if you have a VIP pass, they were allowed into the stadium a little bit earlier, which I think is a huge perk uh, of this tiered system is you get a little early admission and you're kind of guaranteed the merch, which sold like hotcakes. Uh, you know, I, 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 we actually spent several hundred dollars on merch, uh, whenever we were there just to sort of reminisce of this awesome experience we had. And, uh, Dude, I'm a, I'm a unashamed optic fanboy. Uh, I have been for gosh, since 2012. Um, and so, yeah, I did buy some optic merch. Yeah, it yeah, definitely. It definitely happened. Uh, and, and to be also, fair, though, and, we we are we we do stand a lot of different organizations. We don't want to sound like we favor we one over the other, right? As 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 I, esports, you know, it's we're neutral. So just want to clear the record. Although we do love optic, there's a thing to be said about you know being the home team. We're from Texas. They're from Texas. We sort of gravitate towards our own. Uh, but on know. Halo, on Halo Infinite, if you see me on Halo Infinite ranked arena, I do have a Cloud Nine skin. So just there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I got a C Nine skin on the BR, so yeah. it's out yeah. there. I, I bought it and paid for it, um, so it's there. It exists. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but the other thing too is that it, you know I think on top of value proposition and the reason why I think venue acquisition is going to be so important coming up is because. Like you know, we said that Optic and Phase were the big matchup of the uh, of the weekend on Saturday. Uh, but people that weren't there need to know that that match didn't happen until two p.m. and there was a match that was played before that. And so, and the venue opened at around noon. And so, you know, hours before that match, people were still lined up around the corner just to get inside the venue. You know, it was about being there, obviously being there for the optic phase matchup was awesome, uh, but it wasn't like everyone showed up just for that match and then everyone left. Right. The value proposition was sustainable throughout the entire weekend and a ton of people were there throughout the entire weekend. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's uh, that was awesome to see for the industry. Yeah. And certainly we're really happy for that because as long as esports orgs and leagues are making money they can pay our legal fees yeah and so (laughs) so uh it was great to see and discussing logistics i mean this this could be this could be an event that could go wrong very quickly um and fortunately though that didn't happen in this particular event i mean things were very smooth you would walk in obviously we had security there that would uh you know check everybody coming in uh this call of duty league along with i think the event center require everybody to have, um, a face mask, you know, it it was, it was strictly enforced, but it wasn't so much so to where you had people hovering around and, and, you know, yelling at people to put on their face mask. I mean, it was, it was clear that they, that they were enforcing it, but weren't making it uncomfortable. Yeah. It wasn't super uncomfortable. And it was also still a big learning experience for the CDL. And I think for esports going forward, as long as they're in their current state and there's a few security things that we noticed that are just were really interesting some are still a learning process and some is i think things that we have to get used to the first one is that within those three tiers of seats 
people were moving back and forth between them a little too much because in between matches, people will leave their seats. Other people will go try and claim them. And so on like that Saturday, the event leadership decided to add a little additional security, whether that was like ropes in between the sections or, you know, little um, additional people to watch and make sure you're sitting in your right section. Right. And that wasn't a big deal. And it was fixed right away. The second thing uh, of the three things, the second thing was that uh, during search and destroy, which is like CSGO, like anything else in Call of Duty, there's a bomb you have to plant and then the other side has to defuse it, right? Uh, sometimes a team can plant the bomb and the other team can start defusing before killing other players. And that's what we've called a ninja defuse uh, or a secret defuse. The problem is that the players on the stage were not in like a little soundproof cage. They had noise canceling headphones on, but those can only do so much when there's 2000 people yelling. And one of the issues that came up is that when one team was trying to ninja defuse a bomb secretly, the crowd would start making noise, uh, which can tip off the you know bomb planting team and have some impact on the integrity of right. the outcome of that match. Right. Yeah. It makes it. And unfair. so it makes it a little bit unfair, especially for whatever home team you're on. I think the really interesting part is, you know, you have to consider is having home fair advantage and unfair advantage. I think in most sports, it's not because people are making so, so much noise. You can't really hear. And I guess it throws you off. I think in call of duty, it's a little bit different because, you know, you could have someone place a huge bet because the venues are still relatively small, right? 2000 people is, is a pretty small pro sports venue. Um, you can have someone place a huge bet on an S and D game and then go and just yell as loud as they can that they're diffusing. And while that person might get kicked out, they could still impact the integrity of the game. Right. So Hastro tweeted about it. The casters mentioned it. And then Hex had to come out and say, look, guys, if someone's diffusing, don't say anything. You have to be quiet. If you're cheering, it needs to be for a kill or a win, um, but not, not just for. Them, not to tip them off, basically. Not to tip a diffuse. Yeah. And so that was the second thing. And I don't know how that gets fixed other than people just telling people to be quiet. Yeah. Um. And then the last thing that that I thought was really interesting that Nephi and I talked to a bunch of people about um, was that, you know, somewhere around the stadium in an undisclosed location at an undisclosed place, there's a Call of Duty server right next to the game being played. And it, that's in order to make it hopefully crash less to have the lowest amount of ping time and all those things. The game still crashed twice um, and they had to replay and delay matches twice. I think it, may, the first I, time I think it may have happened a little bit more than twice. They may have been three or four times. Uh, but, yeah. Like, so but there was happened, two major times where there was a lot of downtime. Yeah. yeah. And it really kind of sucked. And there was also in the last, I mean, the championship series, uh, RCDs and Abizi had some lag in that, uh, that control. There was a, a control match where Optic had a big comeback and they claimed it was because of um, like some lag. So they had to replay that match which was kind of a bummer for everyone in the live audience. And we thought people were going to riot because they were taking away optics, big comeback um, optics still won. Uh, so it didn't really damage the integrity of the thing, but it still left a bad taste in people's mouths that someone had lag, which has, it's no fault of the players at all. And the CDL had to determine what they could do within their rules to try and fix that issue. Um, once it already happened. Uh, and I think one of the interesting things is that I think we're going to see that more and more now that we're on the games as a service model, 
because to even play a local area network game, you still have to connect to the Call of Duty servers, right? Um, because that's how the game is hosted. You, unless Activision builds a competition-specific version of the game to be on specific PCs so they can land up and play one single game on a completely closed-loop network, you still have to connect to a Call of Duty server. And so our, we don't know why the crashes happened, um, but they did. Yeah. And I also don't know how that really gets fixed uh, on the league side. I think that's on the Activision side. Hopefully they figure out what happened and, and fix it. Um, but I don't know. Nephi, I mean, those are the three things that I noticed. I don't know if you saw anything else or if you have yeah. any feelings on those. No, no. I think those are the probably the three bigger um, issues and – you know, another thing that that makes a big difference is the fact that these teams are, uh, you know, they have the the people that make these decisions there. They're present, they're available, and 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 the everything is 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 fluid, right? They saw that there was an issue, and they got their heads together and resolved it the next day. They saw that there was an issue with people that weren't VIP that were rushing to the front of the stage, um, you know, outside of the area where they were supposed to be. And what they did was they took swift action and you know up security to make sure that that doesn't happen on the day that they were uh, supposed to be present. In other words, there's typically other people that have rules and, and, and plans and they will, you know, no matter what, they're going to keep them the same way and not make any changes. And oftentimes that could be to their detriment. And that just, um, you know, didn't happen here. In other words, the company uh, that, or, or the people that were planning this um, did a fantastic job in, 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 in making changes that were better for everybody. Um, the only other complaint I would have is probably the concessions. I think they could do a little bit of a, of a better job <laughs> mixing it up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah. you know, outside of that, <sighs> I mean, the, the the tournament itself was quite smooth. Um, I mean, I literally. Nephi's a big foodie. Yeah. Nephi's a big yeah, foodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nephi and I have had some great meals in some great places. And I know that Nephi is a major. If you want to win Nephi's heart or his business, <laughs> uh, make sure your concessions are on point. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, as, which which is a good, you know, it's a good problem to have. I mean, we were still there. We were spending money, um, you know. But so, yeah. And I think I think uh, you know three things that I'm proud of. Now that I complained about three things, I think three things I'm really proud of. And my takeaways from that event uh, are one, I'm really proud of the Call of Duty League fan base. I mean, they were given an opportunity to show there's value in in-person events and to show that people can be charismatic and have a great time yep. without any major problems happening. And they did. They showed up. They did it the right way. You know, there was that issue with Ninja Diffuses, but whatever. Outside of that, they paid their money. They showed up way ahead of time. Um, they were cheering. Everyone was awesome. Uh, really, really cool. And cheering for every single team. That For the Queen chant for London Royal Ravens, the For the Queen, For the yeah, Queen. That was, was, <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really proud of the of the fan base around Call of Duty. Uh, I guess the, the second thing I'm actually really proud of is the league. So, you know, the league is different from Activision and Treyarch as publishers. The league has no control over whether a game crashes or not. I mean, they can't go in and fix the game code. They probably have no one on the staff that even knows the game code, right? These are league people. The GM of the league is from the NFL. She's not from Activision Blizzard. And so, I mean, I guess she is now, but they hired her from the NFL. And so it's just people that manage the Call of Duty League, and they gave a huge amount of freedom to um, Jeff, the president of Envy, and to Justin, their VP of events, to be able to structure this event in a way that made them as successful as they could be with the information they had. 
Um, so they let them stagger the seats, sell different tickets for different days, um, determine how the seats were located, where the broadcast station was. I mean, they gave, gave them a pretty wide swath of freedom to put on this event. And this leads me to the third thing that I'm super proud of, the major, which was Envy and Optic Texas absolutely crushing it. Uh, I know they're going to have some takeaways as we talked to Jeff and as he calls it, these peak on peak method where uh, you take the things that were most successful and you push those things harder. So I know the next event is going to be even more incredible. And if you have the opportunity, you should definitely catch the next event that happens at the Arlington Esports Stadium, no matter what it is, CSGO, Valorant, mm-hmm. Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, they, they were given the freedom to do it and they absolutely crushed it. It was an incredible event. And I think it set a great standard for all of the following majors going forward um, in Minnesota, New York, and Toronto. So uh, really looking forward to the other events and hopefully they were able to take a page out of this book and hopefully get some of those things to repeat themselves. Yeah. But putting the event aside, you know, another huge perk of going and going to these events, at least on the viewer standpoint, um, was that you also get to meet a lot of great content creators. Whenever Jake and I went, uh, we were lucky enough to run into some, uh, I guess you can call them superstars, some larger content creators and we're going to shut them out real quick one of the ones that was absolutely the nicest uh to us whenever we met her uh is face butters uh noisy butters i think on on instagram on twitter um i mean she was such a delightful person to meet um you know she she uh we we actually met her and optic hitch at the same time who was the the mc of the event and did a fantastic job along with team summertime i'm sure jake has got a lot to say about those guys uh, and and uh, the, the casters as well that did such a fantastic job, uh, you know, uh, casting yeah. the event. But, you know, just just a quick shout out to Noisy Butters, Faze Butters, um, who, I mean, was just extremely nice to us and, uh, you know, didn't shy away from from obviously us being esports lawyers, being podcasters um, and, you know, was was very, very open to not just talking to us there but talking to us in the future. And, and, you know, I just want to give her a huge shout out to anybody listening to our followers. Make sure you guys go check her out. Um, Noisy butters is, is uh, her, her handle on across all uh, platforms, if I'm not mistaken, with the exception of maybe Twitch, I think her might be different on Twitch. I'm no, not, she's I'm not no, sure. I think she's noisy butters on Twitch too. Okay. I, okay. So just across uh, all, I think she's extremely anyway. nice. And, you know, we, we might be hearing from her again. Uh, you know, if, if, if her schedule permits it, um and then yeah, no butters was really well. cool yeah so butters was awesome shout out butters a uh, little noisy butters just four feet 11 inches of pure badass uh, <laughs> <laughs> really really cool so so uh i also have a tweet that i put out after the event um at this point it has one like from Neffy. thank you bro uh <laughs> talking about how when you're in person if you're watching the cdl events on stream then in between matches it just shows kind of like either an advertisement or like a little cut up replay of the previous match and gives you a countdown timer for the next match. But if you're there in person, the event had to figure out what to do with the people that are in there to keep them entertained. Uh, Cause not everyone's gonna go out and buy concessions. You gotta kind of keep people in their seats or at least have something kind of fun to do while they're in their seats. And so, you know, Team Summertime, freaking George, Blake and Hitch did little like little games, trivia, 
chants, other things like that in between each of these breaks, which weren't just in between matches, but in between maps as well of within the same series. And so you got to think that was about 10 hours every day that these guys were sticking around, running out and doing pieces of content and segments for the entire match just to make it more entertaining for the people that were there in person. And I thought they did a great job. I thought they carried some of the entertainment aspects of the event. And I thought they made it really, really cool for people to be there in person. I hope that, you know, I don't know who they have in Minnesota at the rocker. I hope midnight figures out someone to create content for those little in-between pieces. But, um, I think that's such a great addition. Having an MC. Yeah, it was so awesome. Dude, you know, hyping the crowd up before the games in between the games during the breaks, uh, keeping the, the, the crowd, you know, interacting with them and keeping them involved. It was cool as it's hell, just, man. I think it's such a great model. Hats off to Optic for for designing it that way and having them come. Um, you know, it'd be cool to see every team kind of have their own person. But I think I think Hitch actually put out a tweet and said that, you know, he's up for hire. I think he said $20,000 per event or something like that. Which, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how well, serious so he was we, or we, not. We chatted with him on, uh, was that Saturday or Sunday that we chatted with him? It was Saturday. Um, so we chatted with him on Saturday and he still had another day left and he's like, bro, I am tired. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, I bet. And then he went and did another three minute segment and crushed it and then kept going the rest of the time. So yeah. it was, it was yeah. really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I put out a tweet. Thank you, Neffy, for liking it. If anyone else wants to go check out our Twitter, the law of esports uh, on Twitter. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Go, and go so follow us. Yeah. And so I, I think that was a pretty great, uh, I mean, the major was awesome again, Thank you to, you know, Justin Rojas, Jeff Moore, uh, Colby Carter, and then also Trent Knox over at EVN for helping all of that come together, at least for the Law of Esports team. Right. Uh, and then, you know, in continuing our relationship with Optic and Team Envy, that's starting to happen more and more since COVID and because they're in Texas. We also went to another really cool event. Yeah. This past weekend, we went to South by Southwest. Um and, you know, and, and, and one of the things is, is uh, Team Envy and, and Optic, Jeff, Justin, I mean, those guys were extremely gracious enough to keep us involved. I think once, you know, we kind of hit it off at the at the major, um, you know, Jeff is, I mean, the guy's got an open door policy. Anything that, that we ever need, I, I have no hesitation of reaching out to him, shooting him a text message. I mean, the guy is just, he's such a, just a top notch guy as far as you know him keeping the door open and and helping people like jake and myself out as far as you know making building connections um and you know they were gracious enough to invite us to their event um that optic texas hosted at south by southwest um where them along with their large corporate sponsors a ton of their content creators uh some of the other uh professionals in the field um you know and the guys that are involved professionally and, and on, on the corporate sponsorship type. Um, I mean, they were just all in this one very, very intimate event. Um, and it also happened to be that optic Texas won their, their, the major that they were hosting. And so it was sort of a combined with a, a celebration of that win. I mean, it was awesome. The food was great. The drinks were flowing. They had a DJ with the call of duty, uh, uh, replays in the background. Uh, there was all kinds of people there. I mean, we, we, we met, uh, you know, Nick Merck's manager. Um, and, you know, we met a lot of other talent uh, um, uh, managers. We met, uh, you know, 
other lawyers that are there. Shout out to my buddy, AJ, AJ Jamil, who works over at ESG. We ran into him there. It was fantastic seeing him again. He's another Texas lawyer. Um, shout out to him and, and shout out to his, to his uh, friend, uh, Christina, who we met there. She was uh, uh, another non esports related person, but is there supporting her, uh, her friend, AJ, uh, you know, it was fantastic talking to you as well. It was, she's a very interesting person. Um, and then, you know, other, other creators, people that are devs, people that work for, you know, Blizzard or, you know, um, Activision, you know, they were, they were there. And, um, I mean, it was just such a great experience and I'm sure Jake, you've got your take on this. I mean, we, we made uh, oh, dude. relationships it's, with some of awesome. these guys. It's just, you know, it's sort of the, the, the curtain kind of comes down and people, everybody that are there are, are, are clearly people that are related to the organization. And so, you know, a lot of these folks that typically you wouldn't see or you wouldn't meet, you know, they're there and they're there with their guard down, which makes a great opportunity to really talk to them, get to know them, build relationships. It was really cool. Uh, I mean, so Nephi is a guy that represents players and streamers and stuff. I don't really do that that much. I think the most I've done is talking to organizations that collectively represent streamers. Um, and so talking to guys that I watch on a regular basis, <laughs> like um, like Bobby Poff or other guys I'm a big fan of, uh, like um, Roger Optics, executive producer, uh, executive producer of content, was really, really cool. You know, I was fanboying a little bit just because I have a lot of respect for those people and the things they do and the way that they have created a niche for themselves within this esports space. Kind of the same thing that we've done on the legal end, they're doing from the content end. So it was really cool to meet those guys. They were all super cool. Uh, I mean, could not have been nicer. We chatted for a while, um, even though, you know, we do very different things within the space. It was still awesome. And then we also met another content creator that I have watched uh, some, and he's absolutely blown up in the past few years or in the past year, I guess. Um, and that's Optic. Is it Sebas? Optic Sebas. Yeah, man. I, I'm glad. It's Sebastian, but it's Sebas. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm glad you bring him up. I mean, it was my first yeah. time meeting him. I, I've I've seen some of his stuff after really getting to know him a little bit better. Um, I mean, the guy is a hell of a war zone player. And as, as an Hispanic, you know, person, as a Latino, um, I mean, the dude is, I mean, he's out there playing with Hamas. He's out there playing with Chicharito. I mean, the dude, you know, is he's out there doing big things. If you guys, you know, just look him up, follow him on Twitch, follow him on YouTube. Um, him and Bobby Poff, actually, I'm going to shout those, particularly those two guys out on the content creator side, we, we also got a good chance to talk to Hilton. Yep. I'll talk about him in a little bit. I'll talk about him in a little bit, but uh, Sebas and, 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 you know, Bobby Poff were by far my favorite people that we met, not just over at, at the major, but at this particular event, I mean, those guys really, you know, told us a little bit about themselves. We got to know them on a personal level and, you know, and, and Sebas in particular, man, quickly rose to be one of my favorite content creators that I've ever played. Obviously I, you know, I don't work with him on a professional level, but just from meeting him on a personal level, I mean, absolutely a brilliant guy, extremely humble. You know, I also had the pleasure of meeting his girlfriend who was absolutely the sweetest person. Um, you know, it's just, it was amazing to meet those guys, get to know them a little bit. And, you know, Sebas, huge shout out to you, man, if you're listening, um, you know, it was a pleasure meeting. He does bilingual streams too. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. And and you know, he's he's yeah. a Colombian streamer, has a massive following of 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 Latino people, you know, speaking as a matter of fact, 
thanks to Sebas, we we created our TikTok. Um, and, in, and in honor of him, <laughs> yeah. we are following one person right now, and that's him. And we're doing that just to to let everybody know that we stand Sebas because he convinced me. He's like, dude, a lot of my following, I think he said he had, you know, in two of his accounts, like over 2 million followers. And that's where he gets a lot of his interaction. A lot of his popularity are from TikTok. Well, and, and I'm really glad that he's around too, because if you saw on our Instagram today, or if you looked at Jake Lucky's Twitter, um, you know, I know from knowing Nephi and being around in the industry that Gears of War is a massive title in Mexican esports and in Spanish speaking esports. And now apparently as of yeah, today, man. they're going to wind down operations uh, and so, you know, uh, Spanish speaking fans of esports are going to have to turn somewhere else. Hopefully, you know, guys like Sebas and guys like that, that have bilingual streams or Spanish speaking streams can capture some of those guys' hearts mm-hmm. and bring them into a new title as Gears of War gets kind yeah. of phased out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, just huge shout out to Sebas. He gave us a little bit. We, we don't want to give you too much detail because, uh, we're hoping to reserve that, which, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the future of the podcast in a little bit, but. Um, huge shout out to Sebas, huge shout out to Bobby Poff. Unfortunately, I think they canceled his flight the next day. So I'm sure, you know, he's probably mad at Texas a little bit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. he was such a, such a, oh, I, <laughs> he, he may end up coming back. I know, uh, I talked to him and his girlfriend for a while and his girlfriend still lives down here in Houston somewhere. And so she's going to, he's going to help her move up back up to Dallas yeah. or something at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so if, hopefully if you're we'll get to hang out it, here, Bobby, if you're listening to this, uh, give us a shout if you're ever in Houston, man. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, same man. thing with Bobby. Uh, I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't a, a, as big of a fan as, as you were, uh, Jake, but I, after meeting him, I went, I looked at his content. I mean, the dude is freaking hilarious, dude. He is so funny. You know, whenever he's really focused on playing, he just makes ridiculous faces and I love it. And you know, the how oh, he just like dude, yells out. It's so it's dude. I he love, just like so yells funny, out the, the, so funny. The sub, the sub subscription gifters just get a, a shriek of freaking I love uh, it. of joy out of him. Yeah. No, he's he's over the top, and I I love it so much. Uh, just just entertaining people, yeah. but people that are you know creating content for an established brand and optic, and that are really creating people and bringing them together to move the industry forward. Yeah. And so we love this industry. We want it to be strong and healthy and everyone that moves it forward has a lot of of respect from us. Uh, And on top of that, speaking of that South by Southwest event was really cool, really well done. And once again, a great event by Justin Rojas and the event team at Team Envy. Yeah. And not just Team Envy, by the way, there was also a joint, that was a joint effort by Team Envy, Optic, and Razor, who was one of their new corporate sponsors. Right, yeah. Uh, They they gave out a lot of really cool swag. Um, you know, and so shout out to those guys. And so, uh, you know, we met some content creators and then just another, another quick shout out, you know, since, uh, we're, we're, we're th- this is more of a personal episode for us. Um, another really nice guy that we met and, and an extremely important person to the Envy organization is this young guy named Hilton, um, who is very involved. He's one of the larger, um, investors, uh, another extremely nice guy came, talked to us, spent some time with us. Um, well, he's also, he's also optics vibe coordinator. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, <laughs> nah, he, he was cool. So he, he was at the major, he's had a lot, pretty much every optic event yeah. that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, at least the call of duty events and, uh, another super, super cool guy and a guy that has been around esports for a long time yeah. and really on the business side. And we need more people like that. 
and he is a great flag yeah. carrier yeah. for that movement because yeah. it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he's but, uh, he's influential uh, in the business world, and he's invested in the esports. And so people like that, or people that you want to that you want to have around, is people that are willing to you know, uh, for lack of better words, put your money where your mouth is. I mean, this guy is passionate, and he's been supportive you know, both with his time and financially into the esports world. Um, and, you know, as, as professionals in the esports, you know, it, it would be impossible with, without people like him. And so shout out to Hilton and, you know, we hope to see you soon again, buddy. Yeah. Dude, Hilton, Hilton was also another super, super cool guy just to talk and hang out with. Like, I mean, like everyone in the space, that's one of the reasons why we love it so much. And we want to be around it as much as possible is because everyone in it is just cool to hang out with for the most part, yeah. but it's also fascinating um, and so we've been going for about 48 minutes now. Yeah. Let's talk about where this show is going. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as always, we are going to continue doing our analytical podcast. We're going to analyze issues. We're going to analyze, you know, the terms and service, the terms of service of, uh, you know, the Twitch partnership and affiliate deals as they relate to Dr. Disrespect. We're going to analyze venue acquisition in esports, why it's important to esports teams and how it can affect you as a player or esports industry professional. Uh, but we're also going to begin coordinating now that we have this online podcast software and everything ready to go. Uh, Niffy has had a great idea and I think it's awesome. I'm in full support of it. I think it's going to be great. Okay. What is it? So we're, we're, we're going to start a new series. Uh, whenever Jake and I first started this podcast, you know, we kind of wanted to take what the happenings in the esports world, kind of give it the, the litigators, right? The trial lawyers take on it, analyze it and dumb it down for everybody. And when I say dumb it down, I don't mean that in an offensive way, but simplify it so anybody can understand. And with that though, we figure that one of the key things about our podcast, which right, the purpose of it is to educate people is that, that obviously we can talk about whatever we want in our experience as much as we want. But I think the key things is getting the, the, the information directly from the source. Okay. And so we're coming out with a series that we're calling it the pro ops series, right? Instead of like spec ops, at the pro ops where we're going to have professionals come as guests on our podcast and that's going to be content creators right and not just content creators but also professionals in the esports world so we're going to have executives we're going to have people that are you know in charge of planning events people in charge of ticketing people you know on the talent side talent managers along with other esports legal professionals we're going to have other lawyers come on the podcast and you know kind of give us a little bit more of their experience with the esports world. Cause regardless of what I have done, regardless of what Jake has done, uh, esports is still fresh enough to where, you know, I haven't experienced everything. I haven't dealt with everything. I've got quite a, quite, quite a bit of experience dealing with different kinds of situations. So has Jake, but there are guys out there, both older and younger that have had other experiences. And that, that again, that's on the legal mm -hmm. side. And but, you know, one of the key things is we want to bring on people that you guys will get a benefit of listening to. Right. And so and we're going to try to obviously make it as exciting as possible. Right. Whenever you're listening to Ticket Guy, you're like, oh, why do I care about that? Um, and, I, and I get that. But those guys have so much information and, and, and have so much to teach us that, you know, we want to hear them out. Obviously, you know, having some big time, you know, content creator streamer come talk to us um, is going to be a huge treat because we're going to hear about their background. We're going to hear about their past. We're going to hear about how they came to become professional uh, video game players, you know, how some of the pitfalls that they had, how they overcame those pitfalls and how they be able, were able to um, be where they are now. 
as well as, you know, have some lessons of, look, I wish I would have known this. I wish I would have known that. And those are going to be the, really the main takeaways from those. And, and as you guys know, we try to keep our episodes short. Um, so we're going to try to do short segments um, with those people. They're going to come and then hopefully you guys can learn. And on top of that, be entertained um, and educated at the same time. And Nephi and I are also going to try and hone our skills as interviewers instead of interrogators. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, most of our job is cross-examining people yeah, and yeah. Yeah, we're going to do our best to ask questions that are super friendly and easy. And open-ended, right? Um, but <laughs> an open-ended, yeah, hopefully. Uh, the other thing that I think is really cool is that if you ever, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a lawyer that wants to get into esports or you're an esports lawyer, you probably know this, but if you're someone that's not a lawyer that wants to get into the industry, you have pretty much two ways you can do it. You can either be really good at an established esports title, or you can do one of the other hundreds of jobs there is within the esports industry, right? Within the esports industry itself, probably five to 10% of the jobs involve actually playing the game. The rest of everything else that you can do to be involved in the industry is things like working on events, working on finances, um, working on partnerships, all these things that you can do to be around this really, really cool movement that's happening within esports. And so we'd like to give you some exposure to what some of those people do. So you have an idea of, you know, being a player is hard and being a professional player is even harder in anything. Uh, but, you know, you can still get into the industry of esports and still be around it and still love it, even if you're not sitting down playing the game 12 hours a day. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so we want to bring some of those perspectives as well. And we think it's really important for us. And I think we have the freedom to do that right. because we're a niche podcast bootstrapping this thing ourselves. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's going to be really, really cool. And I really want to give those people a voice um, because again, what they do is hyper important. And without those other 90%, you don't get the product that you want on stream or in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, we're again now that we've now that we've started this new software, which we we like very much. We've believe it or not, we've recorded a few episodes in the past. Audio wasn't up to par, and so we have not released those episodes. So we apologize for the oh, delay. We're so mad. Yeah, well, but three or four hours of content just got destroyed. Yeah, but we're we're, <laughs> we're going to try to be more diligent. You know, we we have um, we we figure out a way to make this easier, more accessible for us. Um, Jake doesn't have to come to my house, uh, to my studio to record these anymore. He can do it from the comfort of his um, home with his cool wood backdrop in the back. If you can't see it, uh, you know, he was, he was wearing a flannel the other day and I was getting a hard time. So he looked like a lumberjack, but uh, make sure you guys, I'm putting the, I'm getting the flannel back on. Yeah. Make, 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 make sure you guys follow us on all of our socials on Twitter, Instagram. We just started a new TikTok. Um, we're going to start, uh, updating our YouTube channel. We're going to start putting up our videos on YouTube. That's, that's one of the big, big, big things that I have a goal to work on and, and it hasn't been done. And that's hundred percent my fault. Um, since I'm, I'm kind of the tech guy here, the tech guy, not, not by trade and not by choice more of, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've got all the software and so it falls on me and, and I take full responsibility for that. But um, Nephi also has a really cool PC because he's a PC gamer. I'm a PC gamer now, baby. Uh, but I'm sitting here with the Xbox and PS5. Uh, and I still have it all, but you know, I'm I'm a true I'm a true gamer now. And when I built my PC, but 
Um, anyways, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned. We're, we're, we're going to release some very exciting episodes, one relating to Dr. Disrespect, another one about venues. And we're going to release some of our uh, more coveted episodes discussing contracts, discussing other other things that eSport guys probably really want to hear and want to learn about more. So stay tuned. Thank you very much. And we will see you guys on the next episode. See you next time.